Hi, and welcome to Beauty in Business. Um, I'm sitting here with Al Wilson, and we're going to talk today all about about brows and about and about brow training and uh, and Al's thoughts on that. How are you, Al? Good, thanks, Toby. Hi, everybody. Good to be with you. It's great to be with Toby again in one of our um, issues, and I'm going to hand it over to him. I think. Yeah, I've got a few questions that I wanted to ask. Um, but I wanted to. We wanted to centralise this uh, around brow training. So, and, and because that's um, what you do, um, you're a good person to direct the questions toward. <laughs> <laughs> it is what I do. Um, that's right. So, tell me. Let's just start out by by um, telling me your. What role do you think a trainer plays um, in terms of the outcome for the student? Like there's, in any training setting, there's the relationship between the trainer and the student. There has to be uh, a level of commitment on both sides in order to have the, the result flourish. Um, how do you see that? I think that is such a good question because, you know, and I, I, for me, it's, it's, it's huge like the trainer, uh, sometimes we think that because we can do a good service and we can do, uh, you know, for example, we can do beautiful lashes or we can do beautiful brows or great facial, somehow inside of us we, we, we love what that makes us feel like. So we think, oh, well, I want to teach other people how to do it. But to actually truly be a profound trainer, someone that's going to impact another person's skill and their life because that's what you're doing is you're teaching um, is is not a small feat. And it's not something that people should step into just because they like doing a service. Like for me, a trainer, you can only really teach as, as much as you're prepared to learn. And what I mean by that is it may not even be about the skill anymore. You might have really have the skill down pat and you might really truly deserve the title of trainer in a skill. But when you're working with another person um, or with a group of people, there's so many other things that are at play. And there are different personalities. There are people that are going to um, sort of maybe possibly you're not going to gel with immediately. So is that going to affect how you're going to move with them and how you're going to uh, share the information that you've got to share with them? And there's so many different things when it comes to training people. One of the things that I think is, um, is important if anyone wants to actually train that they have to be willing to grow as a person. They have to be willing to drop their judgments. They have to be willing to to drop their idea of how they think people should learn, how they should be, how they should behave. Because all of these things just keep putting blocks, blocks, blocks to the, that extension of learning. It's, it's, a, it's a big deal to learn. Not everyone learns in the same way. So if you've got a trainer that is, is uh, kind of... Um, just a little bit sort of um, not able to be flexible, um, you're going to find that they're going to find blocks with a lot of students and people are going to pay their money and they're not going to be getting what they've paid for. Um, even, you know, online training, again, the other side of it is, you know, in, in the way that we train online every week with every one of our students that comes on board, connecting, reaching them, the trainer has to have such a, an incredible skill in how to actually move the other person to take them closer and closer to where they want to be. So can I just stop you there? What, what is, um, what is um, essentially that skill? Like you're saying um, um, connecting with a student and actually leading them to where they really want to be and need to be 
how does how does someone learn that skill like what is that skill is it a um, conversational skill is it a um, an understanding of the training material thoroughly enough is it a um, you know what do you see as that skill as being that skill to be able to adapt is that something that's learned do you think it's natural yeah I, I I want to respond to that question as honestly as I as I can and I think that there are trainers and there are trainers yeah. There are people that want to be trainers and there are people that are just born to train. And when you get your hands on someone that's just a born trainer, I mean, that's their, they embody it completely. Those people, honestly, I think that they, they have a, an, an aspect inside of them of, uh, of moving in a way that's very unusual and very beautiful. And their, their whole agenda inside of them is to continue to reach the other person. Like they're relentless with that. They just, they so know. So you've got to be a people person? Well, I think that you, not necessarily. I don't necessarily think you need to be a people person. You have to be a person that really can, wants the best for another person. Mm-hmm. You, you, have, you can't pretend that you want that. You can't do it for money. You have to do it because your whole life depends on it. You know, like reaching that other person is, is that, that, that beauty that, that you love so much, you know, and it's kind of like in doing that and in that person seeing a little bit more of themselves, increasing their skill set, finding their potential, like seeing more of themselves that they couldn't see before you entered their life, that's a trainer that's born to train. And for me, those people are very rare and they're exceptional people, you know. Um, can it be learned? I think that uh, there are lots of things that we can learn. We can learn to get close to that, but you can't change the inside of a person's inner makeup. You can't, you can't become someone like that because it's, it's going to be better than not being someone like that. You know? In other words, if someone wants to... It's not a career decision. No, I don't believe it is. And, and I'm going I'm to stand my ground here and, and, uh, and say that, that is, that's just a key component to you know, really having... Uh, being able to work with people to get them to reach their potential in a skill set as business women, as people. Um, and do you think that's the case across the board or do you think it's dependent on, like if, if someone's teaching um, financial analysis <laughs> for sure. you know, want of a dry sort of sub- subject matter for most people? What do you mean? Some people might love uh, that. Yeah, well, they would. <laughs> um, yeah, do you, do you think that's still required or do you think it's just because in the beauty industry um, it's, it's a very kinesthetic occupation in that there's, you're actually dealing with people, it's personal, you're touching, you're, you're you know, coming into physical contact and interacting and it's got that. Is that what requires it or do you think that, that that's just for trainers uh, across the board? I think across the board. It's, you know, you've got trainers and you have trainers. You have trainers that are really good trainers. But mm-hmm. then you have people that are just born to train and those people have got an internal mm. mechanism that is just wired differently. And mm. those people can teach anything and they will, they will change lives. They will change their pupils' lives, their students' lives. And that's the difference. But, you, you know, like some people are incredible trainers, really good trainers, but they don't have that. They don't, they don't, they don't do that, that, ex, that extended piece of that puzzle that is what makes all the difference mm-hmm. and, yeah, and yeah, this is not almost... to say that they won't train well and mm-hmm. that you won't learn 
But unless you've really, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Toby, but unless you've been in touch, you've been touched by and impacted by a, someone born to train like that, you've missed out. Mm. Like you're missing out on, on something, you know. And uh, I think it's probably, yeah, it's probably the same. I, I heard a uh, chap speaking about um, mathematics. He, he studied mathematics and he said he was, he was very good at mathematics and then he ended up going on and went to, I can't remember which college it was, um, and he said he found himself surrounded by mathematicians, and that's when he realised he wasn't a mathematician, he was just very good at mathematics, and it's just a similar concept, and they were born to do maths, you know, the people Amazing, he, yeah. he, he came into contact with. So it's sort of like that, it's almost a, um, a genetic um, constitution or something that they're someone wired. has. Yeah, they're just wired like that. So it's it's probably the same with trainers. How do you see the um, um, the state of training in the in the beauty industry? You're sort of you're very involved in the industry, obviously. I, I think it it it's become quite um, a disappointment, really, to me. I think that uh, I think that uh, the beauty professional, the discerning beauty professional, it's not a problem because. You know, I mean, sometimes they fall into the hands of you know, a training organisation that really doesn't fulfil the promise. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of trainers out there, a lot of people that have decided that they know how to train other people. And sadly, you know, when people... I think when, when the beauty industry, anyone actually, in fact, makes a decision about training and investing in their training according to price, they're in trouble. You know, if you if you're going to as as in someone looking at engaging or per, purchasing a training package, is that what you mean? Absolutely. If they're looking at oh, what they're weighing up their options according to what's cheaper, uh, rather than looking at what is the extension of the return on investment. You know, like yeah, how good is... do I want to be? You know, and who do I need to make me that good? And what am I prepared to invest in myself to become that good? Um, in uh, you know, in in reverse, that is like, what can I afford? Oh, that's just. I mean, that just leaves you so vulnerable, you know, because the beauty industry is so unregulated. <laughs> that just came to mind when I was many many years younger, and I had a friend who um, um, wanted to get a tattoo. He was more of a friend of a friend, he, um, but. Um, and he came around and, and he turned up and he had a tattoo and it, and it was this measly little, you know, tattoo. And we got speaking about it and apparently he'd gone in and he'd gone through the book at the tattoo parlour, you know, and, um, and said, oh, God, I really want that one. And he'd found the one he wanted, but he couldn't afford it. He only had, you know, 90, $90 <laughs> oh, or whatever love. it was. So he, so he just got this one. And it's sort of similar to that because a tattoo is something is something long-term, right? Like it's something yeah, that you have for life. So it's like when someone gets an education, if they're getting training in something, that lasts a long time. There's a lot of residual value that comes from an education. Absolutely. And when um, um, it's very easy to kind of look at training and just think, well, um, you know, what's the amount that I'm paying for it now? But another side of it is actually that you... There's a big difference between engaging in training and doing a training and getting a certificate of completion mm, and absolutely. having successfully completed the training. 
There's a big difference between that and actually having a strong, potent transference of skill Absolutely. where out of the training you've actually embodied, you've got this living knowledge of skill that you've now got that you can Forever. carry on. Forever. And that's, yeah. yeah. And, and that's a big difference between, I think, the intent of the trainer, as you were saying before, if they've got, if they really want, they want to reach the student, and they're they're so tied in with what's best for the student, with with getting to that point, that's not really something that can be taught. It's either inner person or it's not. Oh, well, they are. They care enough, or they don't. You know, mm. it's like it. You know, that's this is where I, I completely agree with you, Toby. And I, I want to talk. I want to expand on that just a little bit. That whole idea of investing. You know, and it, it, when. Can you afford not to is my, my version of my truth is can you afford not to be the best to survive in the industry right now? The industry since I started over 30 years ago is completely different. We are just, I mean, it's a completely different industry. What I didn't have to deal with so many of the things that my students now and salon owners like are dealing with and that the rest of the industry is dealing with. It, it is, it's, it's, it's a, I could even almost say it's a little bit, it's, it's like a nightmare really to be a salon owner nowadays. Um, there's so much that the salon owners are up against and, uh, you know, it, it's unregulated. We've got people, like we said, I've been speaking to some of the world's top trainers recently, actually. I've had the, the joy and the, the honour of speaking with some of the most amazing trainers and they're all aghast. They're beside themselves at what's happening in the industry. They're just saying, you know, we just, you know, trainers are popping up everywhere, just that don't really give the full disclosure. They're not really training properly. They don't care. It's all about the cash. It's all about the money. And um, and sadly, you know, I think I think that it's not sad. Let me take that back. I'm taking it back. I'm going to take a step back. I don't know that it's sad because people that are going to go and do that and do just what they can afford, that's their mindset. That's where they're settling. They're going to settle for a lot of things in their life. And by doing that, you're going to be settling for less. So then if your training isn't what you want it to be, don't blame the trainer because look at yourself. Like turn around and take a look and go, what's the mindset that constantly puts me in that position where I'm always looking for what I can afford? I mean, what you can afford is, what you cannot afford is to not be the best. And I'll go back to that because that is the bottom line. If you're not the best in this industry, in your location, then what, what are you? You're mediocre, you're average, you're going to be okay, you're going to just go and get training with someone that's just going to get you there. I mean, at the end of the day, for me, I, I, don't, I can't live my life like that. I don't live like that. I don't aspire to that, whether it's love, whether it's brows, whether it's my business, my brand, whatever it is, mediocre doesn't work for me. So for me, I don't train in a mediocre way. I am, you know, my, my training is completely different to that. And I and I compel people to look at their mindset when it comes to training. Have a look at what are you actually really wanting. We don't ask that real question. What do you want? See, he wanted his tattoo. He wanted the tattoo, the nice big tattoo, whatever it was or whatever. But he just, he really just didn't give himself what inside of himself he really wanted. And I mean, this happens a lot because we're up against our own mindset a lot of the time we're afraid where they're going to be the one that's not going to become the best you know even if we do the best training am I going to be able to do it there's doubt and all this the stuff that comes into it but at the end of the day if you've got an amazing trainer if you're if you're with someone that cares more about you she cares more he cares more about you at the end of the day that you're even caring at some point for your for yourself because when you've got doubt and fear you've stopped caring about yourself mm-hmm 
So it's like you need at that point someone that's just going to get you all the way through. And, uh, and you know, for me, I just think that, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting, this whole training, non-regulated training idea that's happening around the world in the beauty industry really is... Um, it's it's an interesting an interesting subject. That's what we're talking about because we wanted to open it up, didn't we? We wanted to just sort of really get people's thoughts, get people thinking, and um, and I think that uh, investing in what you really want, go get a loan. You probably go get a loan for a car. You know, why would you invest in a car more than you'd go and invest in your own skill, in your own life? You well, know? a car's going to go down in value. <laughs> you know, it's not going to earn you money, whereas a skill Yeah, it's is amazing. Like, for me, it's kind of like if I want something, if I feel like something is what is the absolute best, I'm going to work out the way to do it. I'm always going to go for what is absolutely best. I mean, that's part of how I... And that's not necessarily move. a price-dictated a price um, dictated issue, which is best. Something can, can be expensive and not be not be good absolutely Mm. and again it comes back to who's training you what are their values you know what are the the values of their brand what is the value of the way that they train is their training the best in the world is it not what how long have they been training for what are their students saying Uh, you know all of these things are what actually truly the standard of the standard of students or graduates from something is probably one of the most important important parts um when when assessing training in any area, because someone can be very good at something themselves. They can be very good, but to be able to transfer that skill across to someone else, that's a completely different thing. It's a different skill set. Someone can be incredible at doing a particular um, skill, um, but it doesn't mean that they're a good trainer, as you're saying. So to look at the um, ability of someone's students, that's a, that's a really good indicator. Oh, absolutely. And I also think that, you know, a lot of people, you know, you're dealing with your ego when you're dealing with trainers to a large extent. People, some people just love training. They want to teach. They want to be in charge. They, they do that. That's the first thing that's in their mind, you know, that getting people to tell them how fantastic they are and how amazing and the accolades and all the rest of it. But, you know, like to, from my perspective, really, that's the last thing as a trainer that I, I'm even interested in. I don't even think about that when I train. I don't. It's, it's, it, it can't be first. If it's first, then your student's second. And, and I think that, that exceptional trainer, trainers are all heart. I mean, heart first and the rest just follows, you know. And, of course, they've got to have the incredible skill. They've got to have that. For anyone to really step up and to think that they can teach another person, they've had to have proven it over and over and over in their own life, in their own experience, that they've excelled. You've got to hit those levels inside of yourself before you actually even begin to think that you can train another person. Um, But the world's not perfect, right? And the world doesn't do things in the way that we think it should. That's beside the point, isn't it? So I think it's for the beauty professional, it's about navigating through their own it's almost like an inside job in a way. What do you want? That's the safest place, is it like, you know, to start. Is like, what do you want for your brand? Because not your business, it's your brand that you're building. What do you want for your brand? Um, what will you not compromise, you know, for your brand? Will you compromise for your brand? If you're going to compromise from your brand, then you're going to have a mediocre brand. But what do you want for your brand? And then start looking. And don't just listen to what other people are saying because everyone has their own experience about trainings and so on and so on. 
go deeper, go all the way. You know, if you heard what one person said, then look for what 10 people said, you know, and, and trust your instincts on it too. Like really, you've got to almost like feel it in your bones about a training. You know, when you've got to start thinking about it and you're sort of compromising and negotiating with yourself, it's not a good, it's not a good thing. I think you've kind of... And recognise, I think, and accept the... Um the separation or difference between marketing and um, the marketing surrounding a company or a product and the actual company or product itself. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, and, and you doing, you know, all the marketing. I mean, you're head of marketing for Brassic International and Truebrow. So for you, how would you, I mean, you would see so much, wouldn't you, as you're looking? Yeah, well, it's hard to say because I'm... I'm my view is a little bit tainted because I, when I see things, I, I, I know the principles, I know, you know, the persuasion tactics, I know. So when I look at something, I'm looking at all of the different, like the way it's being presented and how they're doing it and everything like that. A lot of people who don't have that skill set don't do that because um, they're just looking and they don't know what they're looking at and they just think, wow, that looks fantastic, right? Yes. So... Yeah, I may not be the best person to sort of speak about that from an objective point of view, but even just from a um, a business point of view, we obviously have a long list of suppliers. So how do we choose our suppliers? We go and everyone's constantly faced with that. Unless you're um, in a shopping centre and you're tangibly holding, I don't know, a pair of shoes or something and you're, you're, you can feel the quality, you can walk around in them, you can speak to the... The, um, the salesperson there and you can get that hands-on feel if you're appraising something uh, in some way at a distance um, yeah it can be it can be it can be tricky you have to you have to decipher marketing from and that's very difficult when there's an emotional investment in 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 getting something like if I'm if I'm excited about something if I see I don't know a jacket I want or something a new camera or or, Do you want or something one? like that. I don't. I, yeah, I was trying to think about what I want. <laughs> Maybe a new laptop or something. Right? Um, You're but, dropping hints. <laughs> um, but yeah, when you've got that and you're emotionally invested, you naturally start to just justify why. Oh, yeah, you know, this would be good for that, and oh, I could probably also use it for this. Um, and yeah, it's, it can obscure your view because then you're kind of on the side of the marketer. You're, you're there wanting, wanting to support what they're saying because it's going to get you what you, you want rather than being objective about it and just appraising it. You know what, I really, as you've been talking, I have been listening to you, but I, I had a little thought that You have or up. haven't? I, no, I have. Right. I was listening to every word, but I had, a thought that, <laughs> I had a little thought that popped up which... Um, I thought was amazing actually and I want to share it as uh, as the sort of like as we're coming to the end of the um, podcast this week and I, I, I wanted to share it because it's so special. The, the, the students, my salon owners and students that have come on board over the last you know, several years, the ones that have had to absolutely dig deep to make it happen have been the ones that have been the most incredibly changed. Mm, like they've had to, you know, I know girls that have had to go and borrow money, get loans, do whatever. Not that we're that expensive at all, but for them yeah, it was a really expensive at all. No. But for them it was it was it was something that had to 
you know, they'd mm. go and look for the money. But, um, and it was amazing. Like, they are the most changed. When I look at their lives and I look at what they're doing and I look at what they're producing, like, you would never imagine that, uh, that you know, for them that it was possible. But I think, I think when, you, when you just don't give up, when you know that that's the best thing for you, that should be in the salon. That's what my brand's going to stand for. That's the sort of level of training, whatever it is. Could be a piece of machinery, or it could be, you know, some amazing trainer that's coming. You know, it doesn't really matter what it is. When you make that decision, and then you you just do whatever you need to make it happen, and you do make it happen, that changes you internally. It actually really does create a shift internally in your mindset, in your internal workings, because you've, you've pushed past something and you've trusted something inside of you that it said, you know what, I have to do this. This is going to be life-changing for me. I want this skill. I'm investing no matter what. Something really beautiful about that. And, I, you know, I'm just thinking of names that are just popping into my mind. I can't believe how many names of, of, of women that have their businesses and they have just completely taken themselves to a completely different level. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible um, at any time when we convert an idea into an action, it just affects us. You're just affected by it. When you can sit and think and wish and have sort of ideas about all sorts of things, but as soon as you go and you take an action on something and you actually just take one step, you, you actually do something, that's, um, yeah... It's, it changes That's really you, valuable. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it absolutely does. changes you. And, and imagine if you could do that every day, like just once a day, just keep doing that, just focusing on that, whether it's tr- picking a training organisation, a brand that you want to be associated with, whether it's doesn't even matter, just the way that you get up, what you do in the morning, like every tiny little thing. Um, I think one of the biggest causes of any sort of procrastination is kind of a sense of... Um, vagueness that's brought about by not having the clear steps, not not having the clear actions as to exactly what needs to happen um, to achieve a certain goal, uh, whether that just be to do a Google search, whether that just be to make a phone call, whether that just be to, you know, whatever it is, um, the smaller we can get the steps the easier it becomes to to start taking action in any direction. And to really, in other words, what you're saying really, in fact, is to make a decision to and then take the action on that. Really. Well, sometimes the action has to come before the decision because mm-hmm. I may not have the information I need to make a decision. So, right. and, you know, then I'm in no man's land. I'm confused. Oh, I don't even know. Whereas so, maybe the first steps are to gather the information to make the decision to move So let's give, let's give our audience, our beautiful audience, let's give them like a little checklist before we go today. It's lovely sharing time like this with you. I really enjoyed today's issue. Um, this is where you're supposed to say, I've loved it too, Al. Come on, girls, let's get into it. No, I'm kidding. I know who loves it. Um, but, uh, you know, if we give them a little checklist. So what if we, one of the things is, because it's exactly what you just said, that the action has to become, come before the decision. So whenever they're deciding on training or what they're going to implement in their, in their brand, for their brand, for themselves in 2018, for example, that they do a little checklist. So a Google search, check to see what are the training organisations do, um, a search online to, to check for reviews. Uh, what's another thing that Well, they could the do? key 
the way to think about it... Maybe when, reach out to the company. Sorry, I had to throw that in. It's okay. Yeah, what else? How the, are we going to think about it? The way to think us? about it is that imagine if you um, had a camera up in your room that was shining down on you. What would... And someone was looking at you through the camera... In what, your bedroom what would or they, your office? You, anywhere you anywhere. want to be. Anywhere. Right? Oh, gosh, this is just like <laughs> what, my mind is like, yeah. What would that person see you doing? Because otherwise it's not really an action. So if I, if I have an action that I have to take, I have to get new tyres for my car. Well, what does that look like? If someone's watching me, what am I doing? Well, that's not really the next action. That's in that is hidden unknown things. Oh, I've got to get from Jake the number of his mechanic because I was speaking to him about, ah, so the next action is to call Jake. I can see someone doing that. They pick up the phone. I can see them. They're dialing the number, right? That's, that's the first step. And then you get the number for the mechanic. Then what's the next one? Call the mechanic. Book it in. Drive down. These are actions. Getting new tyres for the car is not really so an action. Me, That's a task. Right. So right? tell me the idea of having the camera and the person looking down. What's the well, idea of that? Well, when you're trying to break down a project, a task, anything that you're trying to get clarity on, even if it's a, a decision or the things that you have to, um, the steps you have to take to gain clarity on a decision, like this is about training we were talking about. So... Um, if, if, if someone's looking for training, for example. Um, when you're breaking those down, break them down into steps that someone could vis- uh, visibly see you do. Oh, wow. Right? You that's have to amazing. visually be able to see that. someone. Otherwise, it's not an action. It's a wow. hidden. And that, that's where procrastination comes in. There's a lack of clarity. Things get overwhelming because you don't know what the next action is. It's very easy to pick up the phone and dial a number and make a phone call. It's more difficult to do something that has all these series of hidden steps. You know this in our business. When we sit down and we say, okay, let's map this out, and we write it and document everything, I get shocked. I think, wow, all this was in my head. Like, how did I hold all of this stuff in my head? It's incredible what you can hold in your head. It's not until you write it down that you separate that and it becomes clearer and things get So then how do we give, So how do we give the girls the steps? Like, say, for example, if um, they've got to select their training. Because I, and I think that we just got a really beautiful takeaway that was an add-on then from Toby. In fact, you're going to get these little uh, golden nuggets every now and again because he's in the midst of so much that he's doing and I guess what you're saying is that action is unless you're you can always see someone take an action right so it's always like almost imagine someone's looking what are you actually doing like take an action that can be seen like do something that can be seen so with training if my action was choose choose a training um, um, offering program you know whatever it was if it was to choose a training program what would I look like while I was doing that? It's not really an action, is it? It's like, what would I look like? Well, okay, maybe the first action is to um, search on Google for options. It could be to speak with um, other people, other friends that I have and connections in the industry. And I'd, I'd be taking actions. I'd, you need to take actions. You can't just have... And often projects are hidden. In, um, you've actually write down a tasks list, but the tasks list is actually each one can be a project. 
Mm. So going so back to the to training then, mm-hmm. what, would, what would they be doing? Well, it depends where someone is in their stage of making that decision. You so can't let's just say, say you know, let's just some... say that they're looking. They just they've got. <laughs> I just love these issues. Let's say they're just looking. I'm just trying to get you to focus here. Let's just say they're looking for what? For a brow training brand and organisation no. to to okay. bring into their brand. What what would they? What would it Call look Grass like? Call Secrets International. No, stop it, Toby. <laughs> no, but really, I mean, we want you to call Brow Secrets yeah, International. Steps, this is not the, the point. Steps, the What's the steps? Time. How do we help them? Because there are other training organisations around the world. How are these girls going to discern? This is what this entire podcast is about. How do we help them to discern when they're going to make a decision? Because we get a lot of girls that do other brow trainings and then come to us in the end. We want them to come there at the yeah, beginning. Well, like so I what would before, they do? What would the they first do? step would be to collect all the information that you need um, in order to make that decision. So what about the little camera because and looking down? Got... What's that? Tell me, incorporate <laughs> that because that, that oh, sure. is so interesting. Go so, on. So if, um, I mean, someone may have the information. That's why I'm saying everyone's at different stages. But let's say that the first step is to um, uh, gather the appropriate information, right? Yep. Um, so what's the first step that you would do if you were to do that? What would you do? Al? Well, look, I'll tell you something. If someone was, had a camera and they were looking down at me, I would be the most productive little person. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing I would do is I, uh, I would go and look online. I would, um, I mean, you know, we market so much in our businesses for, for all lots of different businesses that we have and have over the years many, many times. So marketing doesn't really impress me. I always look a little deeper into things because we do understand what marketing mm-hmm. is meant to do and mm-hmm. in a lot of cases how it's used. So I, I wouldn't be so uh, how much gullible time, to time that. Would you spend doing so that? I, I probably would be uh, going onto Google. I'd be checking Google. I'd be looking through a few things. I would completely connect with the company myself. I'd contact them. I'd want to speak to a person. I would want to ask them for uh, some referrals. I'd like to speak to someone. I would like to speak to a few people actually that have done their training. I would go on social media, check them out. I mean, I guess... So one thing, another thing is to, if where you can, and this is something, for example, Google uses when setting OKRs and um, objectives and key results for their you know, business, a lot of companies do. You, you try, and this may be a little bit of overkill, but the concept's valuable. It's to um, try and quantify, as in put a number, try and put a measurable value against what you're doing. That'll make it much, it, it adds to clarity, it makes it easier. So when you said, go online, I'm going to investigate training options. Okay, well, what's the number? Okay, I, I, I want to identify within one week, so that's one number, 10 different training organisations. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, 10 is probably a lot, let's say maybe four or something like that. Three training, three of the top training organisations um, and understand what their value proposition in the marketplace is, what their training offering is and entails, that's much clearer because then I've got, okay, I've got a deadline now. I've got one week. 
Okay, I've got a number. Okay, I'm looking for three, the oh, top that's three. That's awesome, I love right. that. That's so then when you... implementation. That's like giving them the actions and the steps. I like that. Keep going. Well, it's quantifying it. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Because yeah. so, we're busy and, when, and we get like overwhelmed and we can't also, sometimes, you know... it gives you clarity and as well, it gives you a point of... Reference. Um, a, yeah, and, a little goal to know that you succeeded. It. It's you know? the goal, yeah. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. I actually, look, I've got a piece of paper and I've got three different organisations down. Um, written on it, it's within a week, and I understand exactly what, how each of these companies are different, what they offer is different. I understand that. Okay, that that's great. You've you've just achieved a goal. You've just moved moved forward. That is awesome. We have had so much in this um, podcast. This is the longest podcast that I've done for like weeks and weeks, Toby. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I I think it's great because we've we've had some golden nuggets that you've just dropped and given to us, which have got nothing to do with kind of what we were talking about, but they kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> but that's probably what I do. What's going on? This is so unusual. But it's been fantastic because I think that the girls are our audience you know they always tell me how much they love these podcasts and they listen to them all the time and they're going to be able to take all these beautiful little golden bits and pieces out and implement them in ways into their lives so you know i want to just recap really quickly that's actually like a different podcast being able to actually think through how to move towards your goals i was just thinking i think you gave us probably about three or four new topics actually in this (laughs) one podcast Toby. But that definitely is, and I think that's great because I and I'm sure everyone will really love that. So maybe we'll do that, you know. Again, I actually am also doing a series for entrepreneurs, which um, I'll do next week for the girls, which is going to be great because I did series part one yesterday of the series. Uh, but yeah, fantastic! Thank you for being with me today, and also for interviewing me and letting me share in the beginning, which was really great because I think that. The industry deserves this kind of um, information. We need to aspire to greatness. We need to aspire to reach our potential. We do not have to just, um, you know, just be mediocre. We're not mediocre. None of us are mediocre. And the only thing that really stops us is the way that we're thinking, what we're believing, and and then, of course, that affects what we're becoming in the world. So, you know, it's so important that we, that we, we really aspire to the highest that we possibly can aspire to. Toby, thank you once again. Oh, thank you. And I think you should write down all those topics down that you just shared so we can do them in the future. Definitely. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.